0: yogi welcome to my podcast i'm aiko and on this show we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice so welcome sham we are here again today for chapter 13 of the bhagavad gita
1: thank you very happy to be here discussing these things
0: thank you um first of all i would like to give you a brief recap of what we left on chapter 12, which was a very important chapter, it was speaking about Bhakti Yoga. Can you say something about it?
1: Yes. So the last chapter, chapter 12, is the, the ending chapter of the middle section of the Bhagavad Gita that is about Bhakti Yoga. And and the chapter itself is also called Bhakti Yoga. That chapter began with Arjuna asking Krishna if it's best to worship the all-pervading aspect of God or to worship God's personal form as Krishna and Krishna says that both paths will ultimately give you enlightenment but it is it is easier as our teacher says user-friendly to worship Krishna in his personal form because you can't really think of something that's all-pervading unmanifest so Krishna begins to give the kind of outline the ideal practice but uh, which is giving your heart and soul entirely which is something very difficult to do because we are so distracted and, and we have other desires than our best interests.
0: Yeah, but also sometimes just lives happen like for example now there is this very sad and terrible war in Ukraine and of course there are many other wars going on on the world that are not taking so much attention from media unfortunately but uh, but you know when when these tragedies are happening like just in front of you it's kind of hard to think oh but uh, we should just love God everything is gonna be fine like uh, it's kind of hard. Can you say something about it?
1: Yeah, but th- this is the same thing, actually. Mm. It, it it is another distraction. Um, not not nec- like not um, not that you shouldn't be concerned about the war, but we need to do it in a, in a way that it's that it's in line with our inner practice. To not let the war be a distraction from our inner practice. We have we have to see how it's. Um you need to approach this from inside out, not not being I say out of your own center and and just reacting to to external phenomena you need you need to step back and and uh, be grounded in yourself and in your relationship with the divine and then you can out of that you can um, <coughs> express and uh, concern and offer help and and so on
0: so, yeah that's so. very beautiful and i heard just recently um Padmanabha Swami he was saying in one of his classes that uh, a suffering where you can actually get a teaching out of it's not a real suffering because you learn out of that and i think it's such a beautiful concept
1: yes yeah he, he often repeats this um this book of Viktor Frankl calls, called "Man's Search for Meaning," which is um, uh, one of the survivors of Auschwitz, mm. uh, who wrote this book, and th- that, as you can imagine, it's I mean the worst situation you, you could possibly be in. Yeah. But he was um, uh, he was able to f- to find me find meaning mm. in that, and that is that is the most important thing. You can have a comfortable life and not learn anything, and you can have a life of suffering, and you can learn a lot from that. Uh, yeah. of, of course, you can also have a comfortable life and still learn things. So it's it's about your. It's up to you. Yeah, you can also suffer and not learn anything from it. So, yeah. so the, the most important thing is to um, to see to find meaning and to and to learn.
0: Yeah, and this is a real enrichment of ourselves, and it's very beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so now let's step on chapter thirteen, and um, yeah, what is happening there in this new section? Though we are going to the last six chapters of the Bhagavad Gita.
1: Yes. So. Um. So the first six chapters were about the self, and the middle six chapters. As as you said about bhakti, but mainly about the object of bhakti, which is which is Krishna, uh, the object of devotion. Um, And here in these final six chapters, it's about like both and about nature, where where God and soul meets. You can say so. So Krishna um, Arjuna is asking about the body. And about consciousness, and how and how to to understand what is what. Uh, because if we are going to devote ourselves to 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 the divine, to our consciousness source, then we need to kind of be clear on what are we, what is nature, what is our source. So it's so it's all just not, not like a jumbled uh, thing. We need to kind of see clearly. Hmm. So that is what these final six chapters are about. Um, So Krishna begins by, he calls the body as the field. It's the field of activities. So you can say, like, this world is a field of activities, but also our body is a field of activities. You can see, like, the world is an extension of the body, in this sense. Um, And the soul is in the body and is aware of the body and acting in the body but there is also another knower of this of this field which is the paramatma our our source consciousness source and and krishna is explaining that the paramatma is aware of all bodies and uh, the soul is only aware of its own body. So I'm aware of my body. You're aware of your body. Um, which also here means mind. Um, that's, that's another important distinction. Because often when we, we hear expressions like mind over matter. Uh, and, but we say consciousness over matter. And the mind we see as part of, of matter as well. But subtle matter so I'm aware of my field which is my my mind and body and and, and the world as I experience it from my vantage point point. and you are aware of the world as you experience it from your, your vantage point but the paramatma is aware of all bodies so, so that uh, all spheres of activity so it's nicely stated by um, anna in the in the in the book in a book called uh dear god this is anna uh she says we have we all have our point of view but the difference between us and god is that god has many viewpoints
0: hmm.
1: so uh, you could say god also has his point of view but but but, but um he can also see everything from every angle.
0: Yeah, and this is when we say, like, God is everywhere.
1: Yes, that's also another verse in this chapter, saying that God has ears everywhere. Meaning that if you pray to God, He can hear you, because He has ears everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would like to focus on on a verse today here. That, or it's actually five verses, but they are lumped together, because they, they, uh, they form one. Unit. It's, it's like a, a list of aspects of knowledge and also ways to culture knowledge. So this is very interesting. So it means all these aspects are centered around one central hub, which is devotion to your consciousness source, devotion to your own source.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that is also knowledge in itself. So it means that the other aspects listed here, they will come from this central hub. If you devote yourself to your source, then you will develop all these other qualities. But of course, in a sense, it is good to know what the other qualities are, because they tell you something about how you should approach uh, this central hub.
0: Mm.
1: So I was thinking we can go through these and, and see what... What comes up? Yeah, sure. So the first one is Amanitva, uh, which means humility. Of course, it's uh, something we discuss often. Yeah. An important, yeah. important topic. Uh, what comes to your mind just when you hear the word humility?
0: Well, I've been hearing about humility in the past years so much that it just comes to my mind that... Humility is something that many people think it's common, that some people have, but actually it's so, 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 so rare. Like, often you think, like, I've been called, oh, she's so humble, because maybe I've done something kind, you know, but that's kindness, that's not humbleness. I know myself, I'm not humble, and you know, like... More I go and see into humbleness in the real meaning of humbleness, and more I see like it's so, so rare, and sometimes it's even like into people who you who don't actually look humble in our eyes, but if you see actually the the intention that behind their action, then you think, oh, that was a real humble action. But it was not so easy to to recognize it. So I think humbleness, it's kind of not misunderstood, but sometimes it's taken for granted or it's taken cheap, and it's not. Mm. I just think it's super rare. Mm.
1: One thing I've heard you say many, many times also is that um, you can't really... Like, work on being humble. Like, try to be humble.
0: Yeah, it's just a natural happening process. It's like growing up. You can't just work on becoming 20 when you are 8 years old, you know, because you want to be a grown-up. It's just happening with time, and you have to wait. There is no other way. You can just become 20 uh, when you are 8.
1: Mm. But then, then of course, then the question comes, you know, like, so if we can't become humble or work on being humble, then should we just be arrogant and and, and proud? And,
0: and. No, no, no. Like, of course, you have to try to be a better person than you were yesterday or something like that. Or, I mean, like, for example, if you cultivate compassion, like, maybe... I see every day a beggar outside the supermarket and uh, I ignore him. Then I go home and I feel guilty and I said, oh, maybe I should have given one or two euros. Then the day after I give one or two euros. But then he's there every day. And then I think, how can I really help this guy or this lady? And then I, I think on, on that and then you work on that, you know. You, at the end of the day, you try to, to kind of see what you can do better next time. And maybe next time I will just talk to him or her or exchange some kind words or give one or two euros whenever I see them. Now, this doesn't really matter in the action or in how much compassion you put in that. And by cultivate compassion and love, I think you would become humble for sure.
1: Mm. Yes, and here, here also, the, the like reminder of this, this set of verses here, is that humility will come from devoting yourself to your consciousness source, to kind of find your find your dharma, you know, your like like your like meaning. And, and act according mm. to that so but also like, you will need you will kind of need some humility to, to be able to, to do that so there's like a so, m- might sound like a catch-22 like I need I need humility to devote myself and I need to devote myself to get humility but yeah but but even just thinking about that 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 will also make you that will kind of engender some kind of humility so, and, you, and then like when you kind of sense that then you will kind of need to catch that feeling and 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 yeah, and, and, exactly. use, and use that in, in prayer and in
0: yeah self self work mm-hmm. like at the end of the day don't just go to bed like try to think okay how I approach this day what mm-hmm. I bring with me and what and, and to be sincere like maybe I just give one or two euros to this beggar to feel better.
1: Mm.
0: And that's not really like compassion towards the person, the beggar. It's more for you to feel better. And of course, this also helps. Like this is better than not doing it. There are some degradation, but, uh, but at the end of the day, you have to be sincere with yourself and see this thing and try to improve them without being harsh on yourself. Like if you realize, oh, maybe I did that just to feel a better person, but not really because I wanted to help the beggar, or maybe sports, but don't, don't be harsh on you. Like, first give love to yourself, that's also important. And then when you realize, oh, wow, I was so good, I realized this by myself, then I can work on it but in a healthy way
1: mm. very good point the next word is um, adampitvam so unpretentiousness this is a very big like it just <laughs> so many things come to mind
0: yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. This is so please many, share this is so important and I, I'm, I I know many things come to your mind because we always talk about this how, mm-hmm. how people are pretending and how we are pretending <laughs> Yeah. it's uh, uh, to not be pretentious, uh, as as we say in more common, our uh, everyday language, to be fake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you, and we heard something very interesting the other day uh, from your mom actually, mm. who told us about the, uh, why it's said in the Old Testament of the uh, of the Bible to not eat uh, pig pigs. Uh, po- I guess we say pork, but yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, to not eat.
0: Pork, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was super interesting. Mm-hmm. And she said that in the Old Testament, uh, it's written like it's written also in the, like the Muslim. This is also why they don't eat pig. And um, she said that the change happened when uh, Saint Peter he was in some pilgrimage in Italy, and God. Uh, just appear in front of him. He was starving, and God appeared, and He told him, "Just eat, uh, kill, whatever animal comes to you, and eat it." And there were a pig. There were pigs there, so he had to kill a pig and to eat them in order to survive. Uh, but yeah, the reason why is uh, it was explained that, for example, human humans has five fingers. And these fingers are representing and connecting to our internal organs. So from outside, you can actually see inside. And unfortunately, in the West, we kind of lose all this uh, information and knowledge. But if you go in Asia, is it's just everything like acupuncture and uh, Chinese medicine and Japanese medicine are all based on meridians and how the body is connected with organs, so, uh, and then she said that the cows, they have the hoofs made in a way that you also understand how their internal organs are, that they have for stomachs and this and that, but the pigs, the pigs have the hoof hoofs like the cows, but their stomachs, like, not their stomachs, they're organs are totally different they look like being uh, er
1: herbivores
0: herbivores but uh, they are not they can eat people they can eat babies especially at that time when they were wild they they can eat anything so that's fake and for Especially for kids and people who are not centered, who are not sages, and uh, they are affected by everything outside, they are affected by what they eat also, then they shouldn't eat pig because the pig is fake. It shows something that is not. So that's why people were not eating pig. And I think it's just so fascinating mm. that that was the reason. Mm.
1: And of course, we still love pigs, and when we see, you know, pet pigs, we want to pet them. But this, yeah, this I is, mean, this is more a symbi- I, yeah, this is more a the- symbolic thing, of course. <laughs>
0: yeah, you and I don't eat meat at all, and uh, yeah, of course. But there are other people who eat meat, and at that time, it was not that you are going in the vegan area in the supermarket. You know, like, in the winters, you probably didn't have a- other chance than eating meat. Now we are in another era.
1: Mm. Yes, and uh, yeah, like I'm just you know like because it may sound like it's um, criticizing pigs for being pretentious, but but, but it's it's more like they they were like looking at the at the world in this very beautiful uh, poetic uh, symbolic way. Yeah, like they see this animal that looks like one thing on the outside, but it's not like that on the inside. So then you don't eat that, like, cause you, like you don't want to, because we are what we eat, we become what we eat, and we don't want to become mm. pretentious. So it, it's just like a very poetic way of life. Yeah, 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 beautiful. Okay, so continuing here, uh, nonviolence. This we have kind of kind of covered now, also.
0: Yeah, with aimsa concept. Also, the the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita. Did we? Yes.
1: Yeah, we, we have talked about yeah. Ahimsa quite a bit. Of course, it's always worth repeating, mm-hmm. being nonviolent. Here, I'm going to keep repeating all the time here that the central hub of all these aspects is to devote yourself to your consciousness source. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way to become non-pretentious, yeah, yeah. ultimately. But still, we need some kind of unpretentiousness also to kind of do that. <laughs> um so the same with, with with violence we will be violent un, unless we we realize our connection with our source because everything else is 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 not really we're not really ourselves if if we if we're if we're not realizing our connection with with our divine source and in in that state we we have fear and we 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 think we need to you know protect ourselves otherwise we will die so therefore we, we, we're going to be violent towards the environment in one way or another mm-hmm. um, just to preserve our own body we need to eat for example so so it's that is a an effect of our ig- ignorance about our source yeah and then we have patience this we have kind of covered here they said like, yeah we have to be patient we can, we're not gonna turn 20 by working on turning 20 if we are eight years old simplicity important not not, not having like unnecessary adding unnecessary complications to, to your life
0: yeah i think it's also covered a little bit when i say to be kind to yourself like if you realize you give this two euro to the beggar don't just say, think, why, oh, I did it for myself, so I'm a bad person, and I sh- I shouldn't do that. No, no, just keep it simple. You did it for that reason? Good. Next time you do better. Mm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then there, then we have service to the teacher. Service to the guru. Could say. Like, so, so we all need teachers in whatever we we do it and, and especially in in spiritual life you will need someone who who is who is practicing spiritual life and is very deeply involved with that mm. uh, our teacher says like a person of consequence mm. like someone who's not just talking but, but who's actually practicing what they what they are preaching yeah that you can draw inspiration from like when you hear all these things you want to kind of see it Manifest in someone to, to be able to believe that it's possible to to have all these qualities, yeah. And you need to uh, serve that person. It says here not not because like they they like need your service, or it's just that you wanna you wanna kind of connect yourself with their mission in this world, which is basically to teach these things. So you wanna yeah. so, so you serve your teacher by by learning these things and by teaching others Mm. then we have cleanliness what comes to your mind when you hear the word cleanliness
0: just to keep a clean like external and how possible also internal life like you don't want to live in a messy flat or house where you can't walk it's full of dust and dirt and also you don't want to eat just junk food all the time and be dirty, quote-unquote. Uh, so inside, too. So that's why also we fast two times. And today it's a Kaddish and we're going to fast today, like every Kaddish we do. And uh, we try to keep clean the home. And um, yeah, it's kind of common sense, but as usual, common sense is not that common. Mm-hmm. so common sense so yeah
1: yeah also important like you said they're internal which doesn't mean just internal like bodily internal but also mental yeah to have like mental cleanliness to have a clean mind there was a, there was an interesting uh, quote i heard once like that you can you can be for example a vegan but then you're eating so much meat mentally <laughs> so let's see here we have persistence that you kind of need to go on even if not everything is going your way or the way you you expected it you need to you need to go on
0: focus on the goal
1: yes then we have self-restraint an important word it's different from repression it's not that you repress your desires or urges but you can also not just act on them without any discrimination you you need to kind of like hold your horses Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and be wise be smart like don't like get yourself into too much trouble Mm -hmm. renunciation of sense objects so (laughs) difficult one but it will happen gradually as you do spiritual practice you won't be so attached to to external things Mm -hmm. Absence of egotism. Of course, you will have an, an ego. But here, here's again, like, for example, we can't just become humble overnight. But in uh, and, and the same way, we, 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 our ego is not going to go away as, uh, so easily. But we don't need to, like, center our whole lives around our ego. Like, we know that the ego is there, but we, we try to can maybe, like, but the ego to service the ego can also be engaged in uh, in good things, and then we have repeated contemplation of the painful shortcomings of birth, death, old age, and disease. So that is um, that brings our mind to to the Buddha and also to the to the saying or the term memento mori. Mm like some sometimes people will have like a like a skull on their desk just to like remind them of life's um, impermanence things like that so that you don't get too too entangled in non-essential things then we have detachment and we already spoke of renunciation of sense objects but detachment is like to more than just you know stuff it's also detachment from having things go, go your way, detachment from wanting people to to be the way you want them to be, yeah. things like this. Freedom from the entanglement of family life. Of course, family is, is very important, but it can also be, be toxic, and, yeah. and it's mainly about this, too. Equanimity of mind with regard to that which is desirable and undesirable. So we should, shouldn't get too excited about things we we desire and not get too sad about things that we don't desire. Because both are going kind to of come and go. Yeah. And we just need to kind of accept things as they are.
0: Yeah, I'm not that good indeed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we have the hub, as we mentioned. Unswerving, exclusive yoga in devotion to... Your consciousness source so that that we have we have kind of discussed here so we will go on to uh, the next point here resorting to secluded places so you can have a a secluded place in your home where you where you do your spiritual practice but you could also kind of go all out and you know do a retreat go out in the woods rent a cabin in the woods and turn your phone off for for a few days and Mm -hmm. and just immerse yourself in in spiritual practice then we have disinterest in social gatherings so of course you won't just become disinterested in social gatherings if you are very into that Uh, yeah (laughs) so and of course you can a, a way you can engage that is to to you know to do like spiritual social gatherings then you're kind of dovetailing that desire Mm.
0: Uh,
1: then we have steadiness and self-realization of course this is also something that will come with maturity and then keeping in sight the purpose of philosophy so to not just philosophize but to to know Mm. to know why you're doing that like what is what is the what is the meaning of, of all this and it is again it's all for giving our heart and soul to our consciousness source. Yeah. So then it ends by saying, this is said to be knowledge. And ignorance is that which is contrary to this.
0: Hmm. It's very powerful. And we could have really talked like for hours about every point in this list.
1: Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, so we had to kind of speed through.
0: Yeah, but then I I totally suggest the the listeners to to go through these points and uh, and try to try to understand them deeply in relation to their own lives because it's a lot. It also changes, you know, from person to person, and uh, yeah. Yes.
1: That is one very nice thing it said in in our our teachers teachers commentary. Mm-hmm. He said that one shouldn't should like look at the points in this list uh, to see how your spiritual practice is going Mm -hmm. because your spiritual practice is meant to produce these these qualities in you yeah so you can kind of check from time to time like is it happening
0: yeah this is a kind of uh, this is the result you know it's like uh, you become like this if you if you cultivate your spiritual practice every day
1: yes Mm -hmm. so let's do that
0: yeah thank you. And uh yeah a very brief uh, introduction of chapter 14 for the next time maybe.
1: Yes so chapter 14 is a, is very interesting it will go through um it will present the three modes of nature
0: the, mm. the
1: three gunas which is a um a very interesting concept. It's it's seeing the world as divided into three qualities. The qualities, are the quality of creation, the quality of maintenance, and the quality of destruction. So everything is born, it lives, and then it dies.
0: Yeah.
1: And and this permeates all of nature, like on all levels. It's so it's so interesting once you start to experiment with this to to kind of try to try to discern this around you. Like m- many people get very very excited about this and and can spend going into that it's and it's it is very helpful yeah yeah so -hmm. it's it's a kind of a fun exercise
0: yeah cool thank you and um, see you next time see you i hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you if you like it feel free to share it give a review or a rating subscribe and if you have any question please get in touch at aikoota.com.